Everything on the podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing I say is meant to treat or diagnose, or it's not even advice for you to follow. So remember, when you're listening to the podcast, I am a doctor. I'm just not your doctor. Welcome to On Call with Dr. Dave. Today, we have an interesting guest. He is a medical student, Andreas. He's of the younger generation, so he's Gen Z. He is Instagram famous, TikTok famous, basically famous all over the internet. And if you've seen one of his videos, you know why. A very funny guy, as well as a wonderful medical student. We start out by talking about the opportunities we have to see things in medicine that other people don't get to. We're just going to pick it up there. Like Honestly, most people don't see what we see. We, they don't get the opportunity to get into people's lives. They don't see the interesting things we see. They turn on like Grey's Anatomy and think that's reality. But what we see is actually better than that, in my opinion. And so I'm sure you have stories. Well, it's funny you say that because when I, before I went to medical school, I would make like videos, whatever, and, and I'd, I'd have a big following. But then when I started to get into medical school and I started making medical school content, it shed light on like what students go through. So I like to say, people ask me, oh, is it really like that? Or you like, they're surprised that I'm calm when they talk to me because usually I'm yelling in the videos. <laughs> so I like to think that that like character I play in, in, in the videos is like the subconscious of medical students. It's like what they want to say, what they feel, oh, yeah. what they want to mm-hmm. say. So yeah. when I first got to medical school, I remember all the studying and I made a video about like failing, whatever, and everyone believed it. And I did a hundred million <laughs> views within five, five days, right? So, and I got lucky because my roommates, Chris and Trevor, God bless them, they, I had to explain to them, hey guys, I make videos, I'll buy you guys whatever you want, just hold the camera or whatever, and just let me do yeah. the talking. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they helped me out, and thank, thank goodness. But I ended up doing like half a billion views in just two months, just making medical oh, school God. content. And <laughs> I had Dr. Pimple Popper, all these high profile doctors that had, I, I remember I had BBC, like Taiwan News, all, all asking about the, the, like, the videos. Hey, wow. are you actually in medical school? And they want to do whole interviews. And I'm telling these people like, sorry, I have, I have an epidemiology test tomorrow. I'm actually <laughs> in medical school. I cannot do these interviews. But like the world was just fascinated on how much studying we do, like the pressure and all that. And I feel like TikTok or, or Instagram and all that, ex- not exposed, but shed light on what the training is and how vigorous it is. And I made like a, not a career off it, but it's like my hobby now. Just yeah. Like you said, it's the voice inside of our head. So that's why I think that's why it resonates with people on, inside the medical field. So when I watch your TikToks and your videos, that's what I want to yell. That's what I'm feeling in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Somebody says something and I've already explained it a thousand times and I just want to yell and scream back. And I just smile and say that's on page two it's on the line four there's a whole line about how you do that because patients will come to me a week after surgery and they're like doctor can i shower now i'm like you haven't showered all week like oh my gosh gross that's an infection risk and i have to be on and i have to be the professional doctor and so i think what you do resonates because those are the things that are going through our heads at the same time like we love our patients and yet there is that inner just oh my gosh what's happening right now then he comes if i had a dollar for every time he'd come home and be like it's in the discharge instructions (laughs) he's like how can i get this any clearer for people and so sometimes especially people that aren't in the medical field not only do they not understand the rigor of getting there, but like the life of actually living it because they all think it's married to medicine. It's like some random VH1 show or something (laughs) on Bravo where I'm like, oh no, we're still broke. Like, like it doesn't magically just change just when you get that and the, the life and the navigating it all. 
is a mystery to some people because of this stereotype that exists, especially yeah. like doctor's wife stereotype. Oh man. It's <laughs> like when I was rolling up in my 2000 Ford Explorer sport with rust on the bumper, like clear past medical hey, school. I kept that car running. It was amazing. Blood set <laughs> in tears. Car. I rebuilt that car, the back alley in Baltimore, in Baltimore. during fellowship. It's true. And it ran. It was it a did. champ. And it, it didn't have much it. rust. If you put, the, if you put the blinker on, the windshield wipers would come on. <laughs> only, but... only if you were turning right. Then it would but like, you, but like you said, there's like some stigma. Like my mom, she used to be struggling. She was like, oh, yeah, well, when you're done, you're going to make a lot of money. My mom acts like as soon as I'm done, as soon as I get my diploma, they start just printing money out. That's it. Just, <laughs> you, know, you, get, you get like a, you get your diploma and then you get like a money printer too. Yeah. Yep. Like, and okay, yep. it's just, I was never more broke than right at the end of my training oh my when gosh. I first got my first job. And then you had to move and you had to do this and you had to set this up. And then all of a sudden you well, need to pay. licensing and it's well, like. Licensing it's and crazy. boards and you have to then submit just, then you have to start like actually paying your student loans back at a real rate and not just this little like income based repayment. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Yeah. It's nuts. And the general public oh. doesn't know much about that. So <laughs> it's very, it's really great to have it portrayed in a comedic way that's, this might be an exaggeration, but it's real. <laughs> you know, what's funny. It's like you said that the public doesn't really know about that. So when I go out at night. I'll bring up like my student loan. It's like $320,000 and girls think that's like my bank account. And they're like, are oh, they trying to flirt with me? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Check it. Hey, check out this number. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I remember what family medicine actually taught me is I have to lose this whole naive thing. That Like the first or second day I was there, some guy comes in, we used to take walk-ins and like he rushes in whatever. And he's like sweating, like, heart rate through the roof, whatever. And I'm taking the guy's history, whatever, 37 years old, every time he took his blood pressure through the roof. And I remember I was like, proudly, he's always, I was like, oh yeah, he has a STEMI, whatever. Let's do an EKG and then we'll <laughs> diagnose it. I'm telling the, I, this is a true story. I was telling the priest after, I was like, yeah, patient 37 years old. He comes in here. And at the end I was like, he just came in from work because he, and he must be a baker. And <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? He must be a baker. I was like, well, he has some flour on his like snuff box over here. We go in there, do a drug test, <laughs> eat cocaine. I was like, okay. I love, I love that you were observant enough to notice the powder on his hand. It's pretty good. And yet naively just wonderful enough to think it was flour. I mean, that just, that's so sweet. Like, I just love that you're not been beat down yet. <laughs> this, guy, this guy must be so stupid. Gordon Ramsay must be his boss. He's stressed out. Uh -oh. It's just stuff like that. When I was pregnant with our first, he was, it was like in the middle of his OB rotation there and so he's studying all the things that can go wrong like he knows every, you better than you do yeah oh <laughs> man like i'm like i don't want to hear it don't <laughs> tell me another word because he's this one where the just all the things you don't want to hear as a pregnant lady or like a person that's going to give birth ever but all the things you can go wrong but unfortunately he had to like bottle that noise up and keep it to himself and hopefully it didn't happen while i had that baby but I'm, I'm going through the OB gun chapter right now. Cause that, that's my next, my next rotation. And I am surprised babies are born. Like after it's amazing. Diseases, yeah. It's a miracle it's, of birth. It's, you know, it's, it's yeah, crazy. I know it's like the sperm and the egg. And then there's a million things that can go wrong with every oh, yeah. single step. The, the egg, the and egg then, can't, can be empty. The two sperm. Yeah. 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 And then the, the moon mom, has to be in a certain And then position. the mom <laughs> can be sick and get diabetes or she can get preeclampsia and then she can die and the baby can die. And it's just like, you look around, like, I mean, it works out a lot to me. I mean, there's people are, everywhere, but also, yeah. I don't know how. How is this ever happening by accident? Like ever. <laughs> because I do, I feel like you have to be wearing the right shade of green. And then the moon has to be in a certain spot. Oh, and then, yeah, like, the bed has oh, to be only, facing. 
Only oh, in the movies. So only in the movies. Crazy. I know. I know. A lot of the times on this podcast, you try to you know, like humanize like the field of medicine, whatever. And mm-hmm. I believe that is going off topic. But in order to like start in making health workers feel more like human or like view as more as humans, I think it truly starts in medical school. It truly starts in nursing school. And it truly starts in PA school, right? And I feel like you said sometimes you come home and you're like, oh, it's on the whatever the discharge papers, whatever, right? I feel like by being able to not yell at the patient. But say, hey, be more open with the patient and be more yourself, right? I'm not saying yell at the patient, but maybe have a sense of humor like you wouldn't really have with with a patient. Or instead of being more, viewed more taboo, I feel like medical schools and nurse, nursing schools and PA schools should start being more open and say, hey, we're, we're human. You don't have to always put on this view that we're always perfect because in reality, we're not. We're just like everyone else. But that extra pressure of having to put on some putting on the white coat and being like present, like whatever fancy all the time it's just i don't think it helps the field of medicine i think it just puts a puts an extra layer between you and the patient i totally agree also it doesn't make you unique why would they come to you as a doctor versus any other doctor if you're all the same and your personality is all the same i think it's important to find somebody that you connect with but the other thing like that's one of the things that i've gotten better at is i think the more time you spend outside of training the more you're able to put your own spin and personality on it, have those conversations with patients, call them out a little bit, but you need to have a relationship with them first too. If if they just come in and they don't feel like you care, and then you give them a hard time for not reading the discharge instructions, not going to go over well. But if they know that you really care about them as a human and you've connected. So I I think that, yes, you bring your personality, but part of bringing your personality is like connecting with them on a human to human basis. Sometimes we've talked about how there's this, like people want healthcare to change, but they don't want to change their behavior towards healthcare. So part of the public's perception of healthcare workers needs to shift in a way that helps everybody. To say we should be held to the same standard as a regular person. If you were to go see an electrician, he would tell you what you need to hear, but like in terms of a job, but like you're saying, if, if we were to maybe cultivate doctors or like a view of doctors that, Hey, they're just like us. It's whatever it takes to connect with a patient. And I'm just talking as a student, but I'm sure it's a little more intense as a practicing doctor. Yes and no. But the thing is, like you as a student, that's the kind of the most interesting time of your medical career because you get to see and do everything and you're bouncing from one rotation to the next and you're back and forth and you're seeing so many different doctors, nurses, PAs, hospital systems, and diseases and diagnoses it's it's the kind of the most fascinating time of your career like after a while you get used to like oh yeah that's like the fifth time i've seen that oh that's the 500th time i've seen it oh my gosh i can't believe i have to see this again i I love where you're at right now because it's the your eyes are wide open you think it's flour none of us would think it's flour we all would be like that's cocaine (laughs) did you not see his pinky nail that's his coke nail he was was trying the food Yeah. Well, as, as, as in family medicine, all you see is diabetes, hypertension, thyroid. They just do blood work all day. But I believe that, like, after, after doing a full rotation, we should be paying the nurses just to equal, like, we should, like, for in terms of, like, the school should be paying the nurses because all the questions I answer for the, the nurses because I was too embarrassed to ask the doctors. <laughs> if I was going to give one piece of advice to any person that's going into medical school, especially, is make friends with the nurses everywhere you go. And they will help you and they will take care of you if you're just a nice person that treats them well. And they will just give you information. They'll help you out. They'll say, oh, you're working with this and this doctor today. 
They always want to know this information. Here you go. Nurses can be your best friends. And yeah. also, like, why, why, why would you not treat them well? They're, like, part of your team. They're helping your patients. I've always thought it was weird when people treated nurses poorly. It's, what, what's your problem? These people are, they're your friends. They're your colleagues. Did, like, did you see anything wild in your ER rotation? Um, myocardial infarctions, heart attacks, stuff like that. So nothing, like, too, too serious. Did you get any weird eyeball stuff? <laughs> nothing, like, too severe. I saw, I was listening to your Halloween edition. Oh, my God. Yeah, but... <laughs> with the kid with that side. <laughs> I don't even want to, uh, that's my biggest fear. That's my biggest fear, like getting hit in the eye. So it's, I always kept on, I kept conscious of getting hit by an eye by a rock when someone's mowing the grass, but that, that's scary stuff. But, but the, what I really took out of my rotation so far is um, just the patient interactions because you're not always going to get the ideal patient. And um, let's say someone's moody coming in. Um, they're only moody because no one wants to be in the hospital. And as long as you have that mindset, you're not going to, you're not going to get angry at the patient because it's not their fault that they're sick. Yeah. That's a great viewpoint too, because like you said, nobody wants to be there. My dad is one of the nicest people in the whole world. And when he's in the hospital, he's a grumpy old cuss. <laughs> my trick or like my technique is when I do the charts and I have to like present the patient, their blood reports, whatever. And let's say their A1C is 11, which is an average for the listeners. 5.7 mm -hmm. and above that's diabetes, right? Let's say their A1C is 11, their blood sugar is like a thousand, whatever. I look <laughs> for the silver linings and I go through every, hey, but your red blood cell count is down by one, whatever, which is meaning this. <laughs> I look for something that is Maybe good, <laughs> but I don't tell the patient that it doesn't mean anything. Oh, you lost one, you're instead of 300 pounds, you're 299 now. Oh, I'm so proud of you, whatever. <laughs> I then, you, then I like mix it in with, hey, but your A1C can be a little better. Yeah, that's sure a great approach. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. great to develop your own technique. Mm -hmm. Now, do you ever have patients that have seen you on on the internet? They've seen some of your vet videos, and then they come in. Has that happened to you yet? Uh, it happened to me twice. And, and it's just, uh, like I said, they're like surprised that I'm calm, and they're surprised that I'm like I'm not saying that I'm the best doctor, but I'm confident. Like, and but I feel like I have to kind of start switching out my content because maybe that might be trouble down the future in terms of people who don't think I, I'm a, I'll be a good doctor because I'm like, they see me yelling, but a lot of people just, I get a lot of, I got a lot of um, messages throughout the day um, about uh, from students saying that, Hey, like we want, I watch your video and I'm, I wasn't feeling too good, but you made me laugh. So stuff like that. But mm -hmm. in terms of seeing patients, yeah, they, they, they think it's very funny. It makes them laugh, I guess, before this, it's like my own, uh, maybe it's my own uh, barrier breakdown. It makes me yeah. look human too. But I, I like to think that my my videos they're more realistic in terms of what are the medical students' capabilities. Like I see these one these some videos where they, the people have like perfect days. They wake up, oh I go to Dunkin' Donuts, get my coffee, then I go eat like at a five star hotel. No, you, you wake up, <laughs> you study, you do some anki, and you go to class. Like, eh, but teach their own, and that's what makes no. I think that's what that's what differentiates me from other people, and that's why my my videos seem relatable. Uh, I think they watch my videos because it makes them feel better about themselves. That hey, there's other people like me still so. the people that we talk to want they want to hear about the dave not matching the first time around yeah not match that's really what they, they really want to talk about not that. matching sucked and you said you went to the medical school outside of the traditional like tr system yeah, so, so you, so, you yeah, went to exactly. St. George's. So, yeah. so when i applied to medical school i had a, like a 3.75 gpa and it was my 500 score in the mcat which 500 is like the average baseline score and i didn't get in i was devastated because i had all this research i had all these community I, i've been volunteering I was at one point I was volunteering more than I was working and, and it's not like you get paid and I had all these hours of volunteering no. and not to get accepted in all these interviews and all that, you're, you're devastated, mm -hmm. you're, you're heartbroken. So you're left with, and a, a lot of people downplay the Caribbean school, but in, honest, in all honesty, I met some of the smartest people I ever knew in, in uh, the Caribbean school. And it just goes to show you that you have to really know that you want to be a doctor for you to just move away from your family and 
live so far away. I'm curious, what got you interested in medicine? Why did you decide to become a doctor? Well, I, I grew up in a hospital because not that I, not that my parents are doctors. My dad, my dad's Greek, so we own restaurants. But like any other like Greek family, no health insurance, right? But unluckily for me, um, I was born with like congenital heart problems, so I was always in the in and out of the hospital. And then. Um, I had MRSA, I had staff and I got MRSA. We didn't, of course, we didn't go to the hospital. So I was, uh, I'd like to say, I'd like to say in my 26 years of living, I spent about like four years in the hospital, just in a bed. Yeah. You, you interact with so many doctors and it got to the point where like, I told myself that this is what I want to be. Like, I, I love the fact that he's doing his best to help me. And that's like a feeling that, that I don't think I can get doing anything else. So that was one thing that being the first, especially being a doctor. And another thing is that after being in the hospital for so long, seeing doctors, the way they interact, it's something that like sticks with you. It's, it's, if I could describe it, it wouldn't be authentic. Like, I, I don't know, just the feeling that they, they provided for me was something that I would love to provide for someone else. Like, like doctors sitting with me in one of my time in need and explaining things to me and, and making me feel uh, cared for is, is something that it's like the only profession where you could provide the same care and love as a parent would for their child it's, it's because the you might not see it as a doctor but the deed that you do for the patient it's oh my god this guy just saved my life this guy just this guy cares for my health not just you know so it's definitely just yeah. like it's more of something really intrinsic like i said like it's hard to describe it like we said we're trying to humanize people in medicine and i think when you deep down realize that most of us go into it because we care a lot and we want to help people I've never heard a doctor say I went into it because I wanted to be rich. All of us have a reason about helping people or being there for people. There's very few professions where you can come home every day and say, I legitimately helped somebody in a meaningful way. Did we talk at all how you got into making the videos? Was that just something you just did for your own thing? Was that just, or was that only medicine directed? I, I didn't go back to like when okay. you first started, did it start with medicine? When did it start? The way my video started is my sister made a TikTok, right? And like the spy on her or whatever, I made a TikTok account, whatever. And that was my name, Andreas Polly on the TikTok. And uh, I remember like I had this video on my phone of lungs, like in science class, we had these pig's lungs that you'd like step on this inflator thing, the lungs would inflate. And yeah, we yeah. had one that was normal. And then we had one that represented like these black lungs of a cancer, like a, a smoking patient, whatever. And they inflated too. So you can see the difference between the two. And I posted that video. And it wasn't of me, whatever. It had nothing to do with me. It could, it could have been like anyone recording it and it got 10 million views. And that was my first video. I was like, oh my God, people love me. <laughs> they wanted to see the lungs. That, I'm right? a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so after that, I remember like I posted another video like a week later, just me and my sister. And it was like a funny video. I was like singing and she shut the music off so you could hear my voice because there was no longer any volume. And even that blew up. And then I was like, oh, maybe I am funny. So I started doing these like comedic skits. But they wouldn't really, they not, they, they didn't get nearly as much traction as they do now, but it was just, it started off with something like funny. But then I got into medical school and at that point I had, I think I had a million followers. There's still a lot of followers, but not what I have now in terms of Instagram and all that. So I, I started, like I said, I started making, I, I met my two roommates, Trevor and Chris, and I had to physically explain to them, Hey guys, I make videos. I know no one really does that, but I make videos and it's not what you think. Like I'm not dancing on TikTok. It's just, <laughs> and the way I got them to like buy in, I would buy them any food they wanted because in med school, you're like low on money. So I'd buy them whatever, cause I was making money off the videos and I felt bad if I didn't like, <laughs> throw them bone every once sure. in a while. So they started filming me. And like I said, like they started to get traction. Everyone was reaching out to me, wanting to know about them. So. I adopted the whole med school 
that's will theme my videos. But in reality, though, if I were to go into trade school, like a plumber, I probably could make videos on plumbing. It's just that if, if, <laughs> if you're like a funny person, I guess you're just funny. But there's a lot of things in medical school that that are funny that if you look at them with a certain light, not everything can be serious. But if, if, you, if, you, if you have a positive mindset and, and if you're looking for positivity, the, the idea just come. It's not like I'm sitting there until a.m. or whatever, 7 in the morning thinking of ideas. They just come to me like... I remember one time I was thinking, I was sitting in medical school or I was in like a lecture and like this kid, I really didn't like whatever. He'd always make stupid comments. He was on his like computer watching like Call of Duty, like whatever, like the highlights of the people playing. And I'm like, this guy mm -hmm. should be looking for other fields because like he's not going to last. So I was like, how funny would it be if I'm sitting in medical school and like a lecture and I'm looking up like plumbers, I had like jobs for like trade schools. And I made a video like that and like within an hour, I had 10 million views, whatever. So it's like stuff like that. It's like these ideas come to me on the spot, but, but they're more like, if, if you're looking for ideas, they're not going to be as successful. The video is not going to be as successful as if they were to just pop in your head. Because if you, if you like, if you're thinking about something and you try to force it, the people are going to know it's forced. So I like to just like live my life. And if I think something's mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, I definitely think you should keep it up. Like you said, you're going to find some people to love it. You're going to find some people to hate it. It'll probably come up in residency interviews. Like how could it not? But I think it's one of those things that the right people that like you and like it are going to mm -hmm. match you. And that's where you're going to want to be. If you're at a program where they think it's a negative aspect about you, you're not going to want to be there anyway. So it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just like going to help you weed out places you don't want to be either. Yeah, but a golden rule is always make fun of yourself rather than making fun of others. And if, as, as, if you can make fun of yourself, like... <laughs> That's what it's about. But if you're like sitting there saying, oh yeah, this patient's whatever, this patient's that, you can't do that. Like it's always, it's, it has yeah. to be about yourself. I don't mean that in like, yeah. a, like a self, it has to just like make fun of yourself before you can make fun of anyone else. And I think that's like a big thing. Dr. Gay, you are the, the coolest plastic surgeon I'll probably ever get to meet in terms of just, <laughs> in terms of just being a casual guy, open. I really appreciate that. I'm just actually, thank you for being such a, like, like a moderator to this. You guys are great. Um, <laughs> This was actually my first Wait. podcast. So I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. It's easy to just record a video online because you practice it a hundred times, but this is just like off the rip and you guys have made it so, so easy. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. We appreciate you coming on. I think I like that it's off the cuff though, because it, it lets people see who you really are. You yeah. can only talk so long and hide who you really are. Mm -hmm. So I, I think after talking to you for the amount of time we have, you are a kind, sweet person. I think you're going to do great things in medicine. And I think the patients that get to work with you should consider themselves lucky. I said, I feel like proud. We feel, feel like proud parents over here. I can't even imagine how proud your parents are. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so much. It means, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Dr. Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please rate, review, and share this episode so that we can continue to get you more stories in the future.